0: What's going on, everyone, and welcome to episode six of Migrate Your Money. I'm your host, Jeremy Crocker, and alongside me today is my co-host and certified financial planner, Drew Fites. With springtime behind us and the 90-degree heat in full effect, Drew and I wanted to release a quick episode running through an overview of what our springtime meetings consist of. Some of these topics might include client goals, reviewing tax returns for proper tax planning, retirement savings rates, current net worth statement, risk management review, estate planning, and one of my favorites, the MWM personal finance calendar. We cover all this in today's episode of Migrate Your Money. So without further ado, please enjoy. Well, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome back to Migrate Your Money. So Drew, today, you know, we've just finished up a lot of our spring you know, financial planning meetings, and I really wanted to go through what all those included, because in previous podcasts, we've talked about our process, right? So initially, what it looks like becoming a client, how we have the, the beginning meeting where we go through everything. And then we touched on, you know, we're we're, we, we're going to meet at least two to three times a year, depending on the client. Of course, we're going to be more accessible, but we have our spring financial planning meeting. And then we have our fall financial planning meeting. And, you know, at being as close to the spring or close to the end of the spring and and starting to be in summertime, I wanted to run through exactly what our agenda entails. So, I mean, there's been, it's been awesome, right? We've had a lot of, a lot of client meetings and there's been some very interesting things. So if you could, please just kind of just take us through our agenda. um, What that includes maybe a high level. And then I wanted to touch on two or three topics that we found interesting.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's been really cool. We've gotten to talk to a lot of different people about a lot of different things, a lot of unique things that are going on in their lives. You know, kind of like you said, we have kind of a, a general agenda template that we're using, but everybody's lives are different. Everybody's personal financial, financial situations are different. So everybody's agenda is a little bit different, right? Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's what I was gonna to mention too, man. They're they're just unique, but they all kind of follow the same, not necessarily the same topic, but they're kind of structured the same way. So, um, yeah, exactly. I mean, we always start off, you know, just what are the top three things
1: that you want to talk about today? And sometimes we can get people to say three things. Sometimes there's just like one really big thing that they want to talk about, you know. But I mean, a couple, m- multiple clients are. Uh, getting prepared for a baby this fall and winter Uh, people moving people getting new jobs. Uh, I can't think of outside of those. I don't know off the top of my head. I can't think of anything else unless you can, but yeah, just different things like that that people want to talk about and make sure that we're planning for and make sure that they're prepared for. Um, Then we always put kind of our action items and recommendations near the beginning, just so you know, if somebody has our document or they print it out or whatever, it's right there at the beginning. It's not lost in the back or something. Right. Cause yeah. I mean, that's really the most important part of it. We could do financial planning all day long, but if there's no
0: actions taken, then there was no point. It didn't help anything. Right. Yeah. And the cool thing about that part too, is that, like you said, it's at the beginning and most of the time people are like, okay, thanks. You know, you went through all this information, but what should I do? You know, yeah, so it's, exactly. it's good for them to come back to it.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I I have a couple of agendas put up here in front of me, but you know, things like we would get some stuff done during the meetings with people. Just I mean, it helps with not not having anything be pushed off any longer, right? But uh, some things for people to do, update their retirement account beneficiaries, consult with a student loan professional, which we found out that they had done that prior to meeting with us, which was awesome. <laughs> um, you know, us to rebalance portfolio, people to look into like Indiana Unclaimed, which we can talk about if you want to, or setting up a Social Security account. Um, you know, sending us their employee benefits packages once open enrollment comes, and we'll review that and provide recommendations. Uh, one of them we looked for their homestead deduction and couldn't find it. And they confirmed with the auditor's office that it was on there. Obtaining life insurance disability. I mean, there's, I can go through these. I've There's still a ton more, but you know, it's just all kinds of different things like that, that it can get lost if it's not documented there on that, that one or two pages. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so then from there uh, kind of talking about, people's wins. I mean, it's easy, you know, it might be six months since we met with somebody last time and they might forget everything that they've accomplished since then. So, and you know, we may not be doing the best job of documenting everything, but I think we do a pretty good job and people look at it. They're like, yeah, we have done a lot of good stuff and you know, a lot of stuff they forgot about, or they didn't see it all in one place. And I think that that feels really good to
0: people to see that. Yeah. I can agree with that because You know, when when people might come into a financial planning meeting, it's like, okay, you know, what did I do wrong? But then, you when you lay out and you show them, hey, these are the these are the big wins we had. Like, you should be very proud of yourself for the things that you've accomplished. Like, I think that's terrific. I love that part of our of our meetings. Yeah, absolutely. And then, kind of the next part is uh, we
1: just kind of label it like our agenda items. But that's where it gets really more personal for each individual person. That's where you know, maybe for one one client, we need to talk about life insurance. Maybe for another client, we need to talk about estate planning. This client, we need to talk about starting a business or, you know, that's where it gets gets really personal and we get kind of deeper into the conversations that only pertain to them, right? Then uh, from there, we kind of go to their goal summary. And so, you know, we're not just talking about money goals, but what are your career goals? Are you on track for what you want to be doing? You know, do you want to do something else? And because that all, that all affects your financial situation, right? If, if you say, I hate my job, I want to stop working there. Okay. Well, that's probably going to have an impact on your, on your personal finances, you know?
0: Yeah. Or what can we do to prepare for that? You know, is that coming?
1: Do we have a sufficient, you know,
0: emergency fund
1: or whatever that might be? Yeah, exactly. And I think it's interesting. We've heard, a lot of people say that, I mean, I think almost all of the people that we've asked this question to, they've said they don't really see like traditional retirement, I guess. It's more of kind of flexibility, right? Flexibility to maybe work part-time, but still work, but have flexibility to kind of go do whatever they want to or yeah. work when they want to, I think. And then, of course, we're talking about retirement goals, your home, do you want to buy a new home? Are you good with what you have, your cars? When do we replace those? Um, home improvements, kids' education or gifting, all kinds of different things, right? Yeah. And again, just depends on the individual, what what they're looking for. And then uh, from there, kind of the tax return summary. Uh, we always take a look at the tax return, see if there's anything that stands out or that we have questions on. And Um, If not, you know, people usually don't want to dive into kind of the analysis that we did, which that's okay. But we're, if, if there's something that needs to be pointed out, we're definitely going to do that. Um, And then kind of going into the retirement savings rate. So, you know, I always look at this as a percentage of your gross income, not including your employer match. And I mean, there are a handful of reasons for that. We could dive into that. Maybe that's not the best use of time today, but you know, just showing, laying out, here's your household income, here's how much you're saving into retirement accounts, or, you know, that's specified for retirement, here's the percentage rate, and then here's the percentage that we need to get to, is there a difference, how do we bridge that gap, right? Looking at high-level cash flow, and where's money going, is that okay with us, do we need to make changes, and that kind of is aligned with the retirement savings rate, right? Um the net worth statement. So we have some people that I've worked with for a handful of years, and it's cool to see kind of just tracking their progress over time and seeing how net worth has continued to grow. Haven't seen one where it hasn't grown yet. So fingers crossed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think that's really good for people because they hardly ever see everything that they own and everything that they owe laid out there right in one spot and kind of seeing that that net worth number, which is exactly that, right? Everything that you own minus everything that you owe your net worth. Um, I, I think that's really good for people to see. Yeah. Then kind of diving into risk management insurance, you know, do we have proper emergency fund in place? Do we have life insurance that we should have? Do we have disability insurance that we have? Um, And if not on either of those or any other type of insurance, how do we, what should we be doing to kind of um, bridge that gap there? And, you know, looking at some particular things on the homeowner homeowner and auto policies, do we have these in place? Do we have the right coverages? Uh, Are there things that we should do? Should we Have a broker give us quotes to see if we can get better coverage, see if we can get cheaper coverage, right? Um, Estate planning. So reading through the estate planning documents and then just putting a high-level overview there for clients to have, hey, here's who you have named as the executor or personal representative of your will. It just kind of depends on how the attorney, um, what language they use. Here's who you want to be the guardian of your children. Here's who... You know, if you become incapacitated, who you want to handle financial decisions for you, here's who you want to handle medical decisions, all those
0: types of things, just high level overview of that. Yeah. And that that section is nice because like you said, it's a high, it's a high level overview. But as you're aware, state planning documents could be, you know, who knows how many pages. Yeah. So a lot. It, you know, to be able to have that on a one sheet, you know, half page summary of the big items, that's great. And that's something that we, you know it takes us quite a, a lot to look into and dive into, but I think it simplifies it for the client and that's awesome for them and for you know us to be able to do that for them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then from there, we kind of get into some more, I, I call them personal finance items that I think probably most financial planners don't get into, but it's those those kind of maybe little, maybe not little, but important things like password management. You know, if do we have like some sort of password manager, like LastPass or Dashlane or whatever else, one password in place? Um, and if not, let's try to get something like that in place. So you know, if something were to happen to one spouse, the other spouse knows how to access the accounts. You know, knows where everything is. Yeah, um,
0: and it's not on a sheet of paper that someone breaks into the house and yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. Exactly. It's simple, but
0: it's important.
1: Yeah, it is really important. Like that's that's a huge security risk, you yeah. know? Like for us if if we had that and an <laughs> an examiner came and found that in our office, like that 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 does not look good.
0: <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs>
1: um like looking at your credit report. So, I've I've written about this a couple of times, um but you know, just kind of previously before the pandemic, you could only pull your credit report for free from each of the big three reporting bureaus once per year. So I would just kind of set it up where, you know, I'd pull it like every four months so I could get a free one and then go back and get the free one again the next year. Uh, Right now, it's not an issue because you can pull it every week for free, uh, (laughs) kind of because of the pandemic. I don't know if it'll go back at some point or not, but just making sure that people are looking at that I mean, it sucks because it's such a long, boring document, but it's, it's something that you need to look through and make sure that nothing's off because you definitely don't want someone committing fraud and opening up accounts or credit in your name, you know?
0: Yeah. And that brings actually to the next point about, um, we mentioned, you know, credit freeze, which talk a little bit about that. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a pain, I guess, quote pain to unfreeze it, but I think, there's a, it's a heck of a lot more pain if someone does, tries to steal your identity, right? Exactly, yeah. So when you're in there reviewing your credit reports, you know you log
1: into Experian, Equifax, TransUnion. Those are kind of the big three. Um, it there will be something. Uh, I think they call them different. Could be a credit freeze, could be a security freeze, or whatever. But you have to set like a password or a PIN and it doesn't allow any creditors to like pull your credit report. So no one's going to open credit in your name because they want to look at your credit report first. Right. Yeah. So it sucks because if you want to go get a loan or a credit card or whatever, then you're going to have to log back in temporarily, unlift the freeze. And all you have to do is click a button that says unfreeze it today. And then click another one that says, you know, freeze it again tomorrow or whatever. Yeah. And then Th- you know they can look at your reports and they can pull it, and you can even ask the lender what reports do they need to see. So you can only just log into that one. Yeah. But you know sometimes people would try to open a credit card or get a car loan or something, and they forget that they had the freeze in place, and then they can't get it. That's and if you lose that pin or password, that's not going to be good either. So
0: <laughs> no, that's where the password all. manager comes in, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we call it a pain, but I mean in today's you know, day and age, it's so simple to log on f- for if you have the right credentials. Like you said, the PIN and everything like that. It's so simple for you to log on and just um, unfreeze it. So Yeah. And like you said, you know, if
1: if someone were to open a loan in your name or do something else, like that's going to be way worse than having this inconvenience of having to <laughs> log into an account and click a couple buttons.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, exactly. <laughs> and then, you know, reviewing your credit report credit score. I think a lot of people do this because when you log into your credit card, you can typically see it in there. So that's that one's easier. Or yeah. people will have credit karma or something like that that sends them an email. Um and then, you know, just making sure to kind of hit the point about retirement savings when we get an increase like a pay raise or a bonus or something, we need to increase our savings rate, right? Don't let it all go down to the bottom line and spend it. Um, if people need help with kind of cash flow tracking, we can give them some recommendations on apps or websites or things to use. Uh, the unclaimed property review. So unclaimed.gov, Indiana unclaimed.gov. Um, seeing if there's anything out there that is owed to you, that you could go in there and hopefully easily, you know, get, 25, 50, hundred bucks, whatever it is that's out there. So looking at that for people, seeing if there's something Um, homestead deduction. So look at that and make sure that the homestead deduction is in place. So this helps with decreasing your property taxes and helps with creditor protection. You know, if you were to be liable for something Um, and then kind of like a social security wage report. So this one, again, go to social security website, um, create your own account so that you do it before somebody else does it for you. Cause I was just knows? about I, to ask that. <laughs> like, what? like,
0: you know, someone that's 29, 30, something, like, why is that important? But you just mentioned why it's very important to do it. Yeah, really.
1: I mean, just think social security, you know, like if someone goes and opens that account for you and now they have access to it, that's probably not very good. And, <laughs> you know, it's good while you're in there uh, one of the first things that you'll see is like the wage report. So you can just look year by year. Okay. Does it look okay? Has what I've earned been reported correctly? And if not, that's going to be an issue, right? That affects, that's going to affect your social security benefits. Let's say you take them when you're like 67 and you live for 30 years, that could be a lot of money that, you know, it could be a significant difference if something hasn't been reported correctly. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, kind of just ending it, just always asking if there's anything that we missed, um, you know, if there are any connections that we can help make for people, whether it's personal or business, and if there's anything that we could do better. And then, you know, from there, generally, we'll go back to the action items and recommendations and make sure that everybody knows what their homework is and kind of go on our way and then
0: follow up with clients as needed. Yeah. No, I, I, um, you skipped over it quickly, but I do like you know, asking what we could do better because hearing it from you know our clients' mouth is huge. I mean that's something that we've strived for, you know, is to continue to get better and continue to learn. So um that's something that I would I would hope that our clients don't take lightly and and actually give us, you know, actual feedback if they want something changed or whatnot. Um and then you mentioned for social security, you know, if someone making sure that you review your report and if it's different, like if, you know, if the numbers are off, it could make a substantial difference when you go to retirement. And that got me thinking about one of our meetings in particular, we had, oh boy, it was last or this past Tuesday where you actually ran the analysis and did the homework and seen what his current salary was. Um, you know, maybe this isn't something that I've seen any other financial advisors or any other teams do, but, you know, we went in there and said, you know, your salary is at, let's just use, simple numbers, $30, $30 an hour. Okay. We ran the numbers and said, according to Glassdoor, you know, salary.com and a couple others, you should be at 35 or 36 or 37, whatever that might be. Um, 30 Let's just say $32. So it's a, it's a small difference, right? $2 an hour. But then when you actually scale that out, you, you know, you explain to the client that you're missing out on over your lifespan, $500,000. So yeah. that's something that I think, Clients and you know everyone should be aware of that. I know it's a difficult conversation to have, but you know if the if the average is thirty two dollars an hour, thirty five dollars an hour, and you're at thirty, like maybe have that conversation with your boss or whatever that might be. And and of course, in a humble way, but it could make a huge difference for retirement and and um, investments and everything as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I just I just pulled this up while we were talking, so. Their their rate was about five dollars an hour under kind of what the average was uh, for, you know, like we're not doing anything too spectacular. Looking at like you said, Glassdoor yeah. pay scale, whatever these websites are, and pulling that the averages. But you know, I just calculated out if you take the five dollars an hour times forty hours times fifty two weeks, that's ten grand a year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like you said, we ran the these numbers. Over, over 10 years, it was about $100,000 difference. Over 20 years, it was about 200, over $200,000 difference. And you know, over 30 years, uh, maybe 35 years, it was closer to $500,000 difference. Like, yeah, it may not seem like that big of a deal right now, but it adds up. And we're not even considering if you were to invest that extra money or invest a portion of that. Now it's exponentially different how, yeah. how much, you know, earning that extra money is. And it was interesting. We talked to that client and they said, yeah, I just received a promotion. I received a raise and they're still <laughs> a little bit under what kind of we found was the market. And they said, yeah, I'm I'm going to go talk to my manager and see if we can get it bumped up some.
0: Yeah. And don't discredit yourself too much earlier when you said, it, you know, it wasn't too much work. I mean, it was still, it was still work that, you know, it was still work on your end and our end of putting that together, like where most advisors or, um, you know, planners would just overlook it. So I think that's a huge value to the the client that someone might've overlooked. So, I mean, when, when we mentioned that his eyes kind of lit up and was like, you know, it was an aha moment. Yeah, but, for sure. You know, I, th- I think it's terrific. I, you know, that was, that was a great experience for, for him. And then for us as well, to be able to relay that information to him. So,
1: yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Another one that uh, I think was interesting that we helped some people with was um, clients who had FFEL loans. So I can't remember when these loans, these are student loans. And I think that they were discontinued in maybe 2010 or 2008. I can't remember off the top of my head, but these loans were not eligible for public service loan forgiveness. So, you know, if you go into, uh, if you graduate college and then you work in a nonprofit organization for 10 years, then you can get PSLF, public service loan forgiveness, and have whatever the balance of your loans is at the end of 10 years forgiven. Um, so this person, uh, they've always worked in um, education, but these FFEL loans were not eligible for PSLF, a lot of, a lot of acronyms here, public service <laughs> loan forgiveness. Um, and I don't remember what FFEL stands for, so, uh, not, not going to be able to help with that one, but I'm sure we can look that up. <laughs> yeah. If, if like when you, uh, graduated, you consolidated these, they would have been, but there's a ton of people that have it. I can't remember. There's, there's still billions of dollars of these loans out there. Um, so in October of last year, October, 2021, the Biden administration, uh, issued executive action that said that any payments made that would have otherwise been eligible on these loans are now eligible if you consolidate them. So what happens is, okay, now you have to consolidate them and have your employment uh, certified before October 31st, 2022, right? And I had kind of I had read about this when it came out, and I had sent some information to the clients, but I wasn't entirely sure about it. What to do, you know? Um, I think that they started working on some documentation, but we didn't get it done. So then, prior to our our spring meeting, I said I sometime earlier this year I had come across this company called Student Loan Planner. Uh, And it's this guy who used to be a financial planner and now he just focuses his, like he owns this student loan planning company, right? So I I recommended that they set up a consultation with them and they did. And then we, like during the meeting, our financial planning meeting, they told us, yeah, not only were these FFEL loans eligible for forgiveness, which uh, I could probably find it here real quick. I think it was like six grand. um, Yeah, 6,400, but also- The other loans are eligible for forgiveness because the student loan planner company said that we can consolidate them all together. So now it all becomes retroactive to, you know, 2008 or 2010. So there's over 10 years of qualifying payments there. So that was an extra 21 grand that can be forgiven. So 27 grand knocked off of student loans right there. That, I mean, honestly, Otherwise, wouldn't it have been if we didn't make the recommendation to go talk to the student loan cons consult, what, student loan consultation? I don't know what to say there,
0: but yeah. yeah. Too many G- acronyms. Yeah. It's <laughs> not an acronym, but that's a tongue twister. So. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. No, that was awesome. Yeah when, um, yeah, when she told us that, it was like, oh, man, that's a plus. Like, you actually, you know, you actually followed through with it, um, one of the recommendations, and it was – Terrific to see that happen. So, like I said, Drew, at the beginning, you know, I I just wanted to kind of run through the spring financial planning meeting because we touched on it briefly, but didn't really get in depth with what they are. Yep. Um So I can foresee us doing one of these again, maybe um, in a couple of months for the fall meeting, because as we lead up to it, I think it's good for our clients and our you know potential clients or our listeners to to hear what might you know be coming in that fall meeting. So. So yeah, um, just wanted to say thanks for thanks to everyone that's listening on YouTube, Spotify, um, wherever you get your podcasts. If you could please just like, share, subscribe, and then also if you get a chance too, to to rate the podcast, we'd greatly appreciate that as well. Um, so thanks, guys, and we'll talk to you soon.
1: This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. None of the information provided in this podcast is intended as investment, tax, accounting, or legal advice.